a priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. Live from Steubenville, NYC. And it starts right now. Mini episode 8 of the Untitled Catholic Podcast. It's Father Sean with always, well, I guess most of the time with me, Nolan Reynolds. That's correct, and... I'm glad you said episode 8 because you said that on the last mini episode. Yeah, Justin said like 8.567. He was like making up numbers, yeah. but this is the real episode 8. This is the real episode 8. Point yeah. Nothing. The Last Jedi. Ooh. What will Mark Hamill's first words be in The Last Jedi? That's the that's the Twitter question of the day going around. And it starts right now. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> So but it, it would be more are... dramatic. Like, it starts right now. <laughs> I hope he does it in the Joker voice. <laughs> right, just to completely mess with us. But I don't think that's going to happen for some reason. No. Um, I doubt it. If if you were wondering what happened to the audio in the beginning of this episode, it's uh, that was taken live from Steubenville, NYC. Right. So I guess it's kind of misleading because... As you were hearing it, where you were not hearing it live. No, no, that actually happened a week ago. But it was a pre. It was a recording of a live message. Right, right. It happened live when it was recorded. Definitely, I, I can at, verify. At one point, that was actually happening. That's true, <laughs> and it was glorious. I think it's fitting that since that was our intro, we talk about the uh, Steubenville NYC conference absolutely yeah um if um you kind of follow the steubenville conferences around the country they're all i think winding down pretty much now uh there may be one or two um left but uh steubenville season is officially coming to a close and uh we just were fortunate enough to have our own in our own backyard in new york i that was the first time i've ever been to a steubenville conference this is my third um so um, for years, the closest one to us was Steubenville East, of which I never went to, but I know a lot of people that did. Um, I remember uh, kids going when I was in high school, and it was a big deal then. And um, I always knew it was a good thing, but um, yeah, for the last three years, I've been taking uh, groups from our high school there. To, to NYC. To NYC, yeah. And it looks like there's going to be another one, because the, the rumors were that it might not be another one but i think they got enough people to make it worth having one in nyc oh i'm i'm glad because i hadn't heard that it was possibly not happening again and i had only heard that it grew this year in size like there were i think there were more people attended this conference than ever yeah i i know other places um i know other places have uh more people i think than The reason why we're laughing is because all of a sudden Nolan just disappeared and uh, then came back. And as soon as he came back, I just pretended like nothing happened and that he couldn't keep it together because he's not a professional. I'm the furthest thing from a professional and I <laughs> started dying because I was just so impressed 
with how like well you like transitioned that and just kept talking and kept going. It was like I hadn't. It was like I hadn't even left. <laughs> I'm a pro, if nothing else. Well, whatever you said in that short time I was gone, I could completely disagree with. I stopped as soon as you disappeared. I stopped, and then when you oh, came you back, I picked up as if you never left. Oh, that was flawless. So once again, my unprofessional <laughs> skill and attitude ruins it. All I was trying to say is I think like places like Steubenville East get more people than Steubenville NYC. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think Steubenville NYC as far as their standards would be pretty small. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of like it's kind of endearing to me. I kind of like it. Like I'm like really proud of this conference and how good it's uh, it's been and how it's it's taking off and hopefully going to continue to grow um, because it's. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it's something that is happening anywhere. Like anything like it is happening on Long Island and in New, no. in New York in the tri-state area too regularly. Um, and not to say that Steubenville conferences happen all the time, like down south or in the Midwest, but you know, a, a large group of teens gathered together, you know, praying, worshiping, you know, with their arms open wide and and like you know, and their hearts more importantly. Like I, I feel like it's more par, par for the course in other parts of the country than it is in, in New York, and so that's why this conference is like kind of like near and dear to my heart. Yeah, I th- and I think one of the things that's kind of cool about it is that two thousand people is a lot if you've never seen that before, and it gives it room to grow. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I I, I think just being there, like blows kids' minds. Um, yeah, just like students. Like that I've brought before, absolutely have an incredible encounter with God and the music and the worship and certainly the sacraments. But when they go there and they look around and they see, you know, two thousand other young people from all over the country, um, and specifically from our neck of the woods, worshiping God, it's a it's a huge eye opener. One of the things I always think that's cool about stuff like this, and then I guess it's also true about things like World Youth Days, you start getting to know, like, the Catholic circle, and you start mm-hmm. seeing people that you know from other Catholic events. Absolutely. Um, you don't know their names, but they're, it's that guy. Well, some of them you do know their names. I was well, specifically yeah. talking about people, like, Ike was there, so oh, we yeah. got to talk to Ike. Shout out to Ike, who rode on the bus back with us um, and played Mafia with the kids, so... Thank you, Ike, for doing that. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. I'm, I'm glad I got to chat with him for even for a minute. I probably scared him. I was driving in our little minibus, and he was in the golf cart getting driven to his, his uh, dorm room. And I uh, rolled up next to him and yelled, hey, it's Bike Blow Blow Blow. Did he, did he get it? <laughs> he cracked up, yeah. He okay, it was good. Yeah. Either that or he's just being nice. Well, I mean, he did listen to that episode. I could confirm. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, he was on it, so... Yeah, well, I, I mean, that doesn't mean... I don't listen to all the episodes. I edit them, and I don't want to hear them anymore after that. <laughs> well, you, you have technically listened to it. Yeah. But I, I think one of the things that I wanted to ask you... Excuse me, as I yawn, because you're boring me. Um, no. Uh, what, what, is your, what is your follow-up for something like that? Well, it was so much easier when I worked at the parish... Um, you know, because everybody's, everybody's local and everybody's nearby and you're very much on as a youth minister. Um, 
so as a campus minister at a high school, it's a little more challenging because at a Catholic high school, you have, um, you know, our students come from all over and um, it's not like the high school is not a place they're looking to come hang out over over the summer. So um, it, it'll happen more so when we start school again. But I think it's important to um, to talk about it, like and to bring about uh, the experience of a Steubenville conference to them um, as much as possible. So like this conference is very much like a mountaintop experience, you know, like just like the transfiguration, Christ brings his disciples up to uh, the mountain. They see him glorified and they, they realize it's good and they want to stay there. But um, Christ commands that they go down um, back into their world, back into their communities and their neighborhoods. And he very much does that for us too. Um, but, you know, he would point out, you know, I think, uh, to the disciples, don't forget this moment. Don't forget what happened. Don't forget what, the power and the grace and the glory that you saw witnessed here. And that's very much like a Steubenville or World Youth Day type of experience. Or so a mission think, trip, too. Mission trips have that kind of effect as well. Definitely. And I think, I think you... You know, not so, not so much in a in a like, hey, remember how much fun that was, like reminiscing sort of way, but like in a in a like, hey, what happened? Remember what happened? Do you remember what you felt like that during that time? Do you remember what God was saying to you during that time? Like in the coming weeks and months and in even years, to like bring that up with the students and the teens that you disciple and and, and talk to them about those those experiences again and again, because there are going to be times that are going to feel like the exact opposite of that mountaintop experience that they're going to face and this helps and that's one of the things that we we brought two students and i had said that to them before i to get ready for the holy hour even though i've never been people have told me like what happens at the holy hour on saturday night that it could get a, it's gonna be a lot different than anything they've ever experienced before so you don't want them to kind of get freaked out at all because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of uh, emotion that gets expressed during yeah. that so you don't want them to to feel like they need to chime in but i also explained that like our faith is not about feeling right so uh, if you pray and don't feel anything it doesn't mean that you're praying wrong and you mm-hmm. should not also you should not tra- be trying to recreate this experience in prayer i i you know, say like, every, every time we do uh we have adoration every time that um we have a Eucharistic adoration. I always say to my students, and I say it to even you know adults, you know, grown uh, men and women who are are coming to adoration. I think that experience of like you know being moved to tears in adoration, or being um, you know getting this overwhelming sense of joy. Correct me if I'm wrong, Father Sean, but I think that's kind of like I don't think that's the the norm. I think no. the norm. I've had and and I said this to um, the young people I was with um, I think the times that I've went to adoration and you know quote unquote got nothing from it um, you know in the the, meaning like you know was moved to uh, you know be real emotional or to uh, you know have this incredible you know voice speaking to me or anything like that those times where I kind of went in and went out and just gave some time to God, I think are infinitely just as important, if not even more important than the times where I walked away like with this overwhelming sense of the supernatural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think one of the things that you always have to be aware of 
for ourselves, but also when you're, whether it's teenagers or adults, you want people to realize that your reaction is just that, your reaction. So if you're not feeling it, if, if, or if you're crying a lot and no one else is, like, right. it's okay. Because it's not, it's not, um, our faith, although it is communal, we're not all called to have the same experience. Right. Yeah, and, and, and you know, our our relationship with God is very much, and and who we are, who like how God speaks to our spirit is very much related to who we are as people, who God made us physically um, and emotionally to be. And the reality of it is that not all of us are super emotional. Like some people are super emotional, some people aren't. Like right. we have different personalities. And so um, that's what someone's experience of being super emotional during a adoration or prayer. Um, that just may be who they are. That just may be a uh, a reflection of their their personality. Yeah, and and that's why I love being Catholic is because when you look at the lives of the saints, they're all so different. Yeah, there's somebody for everybody. Yeah, and so uh, that's one of the things that I thought. Uh, I I think that's always you you want you want people to remember that because. Uh, I've heard so many people give talks about how they tried to go from one conference to another to kind of re-experience that high and that always left them unsatisfied. Right. Um, so that was one of those things that uh, other than that, I think one of the other and I mean, I think these kind of events are really good. But the problem is, is that because they're so big like one of the things that there's the temptation to try to recreate stuff like this at the parish like we can have praise and worship at the parish but we're not going to have ike right i mean we could get ike we did have ike come to the parish but even then it wasn't the same because you don't have the lights you don't have that can be there all the time and it's it's not the same amount of people right just you can't recreate the experience i think what i like about the steubenville conference and it does take um good leaders to kind of um see this through but like the conference if you really pay attention aside from like the talks um they highlight the most important things about our faith they highlight you know mass is uh, is a big thing uh, adoration um prayer confession that was the other one i was i was looking for those yeah. those like those are kind of like the 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 pillars of the the weekend and those things can be recreated um in their daily lives and i think that's important for the follow-up is that um you know you you right away let let your let your teens know how to go to confession at the parish um if uh if they, they're not aware already or um to uh, to let them know that like you know, when masses, if they don't know already, especially, you know, during the week, if they wanted to, like, pick up daily mass. Uh, most of my students left that week wanting to do something else, um, wanting to um, to live their faith out more fully. And as, as a youth minister, a campus minister, a priest moderator, or a chaplain, like, that, that's one way that you can you can be there for them is help them to to take that next step to add that next element to their their prayer lives and their uh their spiritual lives yeah and i think one of the things that was really cool for me was um confessions Mm -hmm. which was uh you know i i didn't hear because we had a small group so we didn't have a lot of um chaperones so i didn't want the youth minister to have to do everything by herself um 
and at the same time it's i just i wanted to be with this the students that we brought to just get a sense of what they were thinking what they were feeling and help them kind of process it um because i think one of the other things is having not been involved in these things myself i don't know like there's no like i feel like there could be a checklist if you've done it before you know what i mean Right. Okay. Now, now we 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 had this part. So the next is coming this part, and and that's just how we feel at this part. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, which is not super organic. Right. Right. But and it, it may not even be something that's like uh, intentional. It might be something that just happens accidentally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And then like, there's a lot of uh, our youth minister who has listened to a couple episodes. Uh, so I hope she listens to this one, but Hi, like, yeah, she's she's young, right? So th- th- there's like there's a lot of growth that has to be um, part of of her as well. You know, there's a lot of growth happening there too. Um, really? Whereas, like, I don't. I'm gonna say this, and I don't mean anything in a bad way by saying this. So let the record show. But like, as far as the way that they did things there. I didn't get anything out of it. You know what I mean? Like right. the talks that I heard did not teach me anything that I personally didn't already know. Right. You know, be, being in adoration other than being with 2000 kids who were really into it. So that was an experience that happened because of the nature of what was going on. But take that out. Um, like I wasn't there being like, oh, my gosh, I have like a real come to Jesus moment. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I, I would I, I would hope that I was already there. You know what I that's, mean? And that's exactly what I was going to say. Like I could say I, could, I I agree with you, and I could say the same thing for myself. I um, I already you know I already had my my moment a long time ago where I you know it clicked and you know it led me to led me to tears and brought me to tears. Not to say that Jesus can't bring me to tears again because he can and he has and he will. Um, but it's always in new ways. I think. And, uh, you know, behold, he makes all things new and will continue to do so. Yeah. Um, but what this conference does for me as a campus minister and just as a, as a man of faith is it, it reaffirms um, a lot of things for me. Um, sometimes within the talks, maybe don't hear anything I don't, didn't already know or didn't already um, hold to be true. But like maybe it's presented in a new way than I learned in that, in, in that manner. And I, I learned another way to do something other than the ways that I feel comfortable with. Also, I would say um, getting to watch that aha moment in a lot of my teens, many of whom I've come to really get to know over the past couple of years. Uh, nothing's better than that. Like that's just that's just it for me. To that that's just that's the the moments where I pinch myself that that God lets me kind of be there um, along the journey. Uh, with these young people and watch them as you know as they they turn over at that new leaf in their faith yeah i because i feel like this is very good for people taking the next step Mm -hmm. and i think that um if you were somebody who so like and this is all i'm making all this up because i haven't actually seen anyone who has had this experience but since you've been doing it a little bit longer maybe you could corroborate what i'm already thinking Okay. But th- this idea that like – so first year you go, maybe you're on the fence. You're kind of lukewarm in your faith and you go because maybe your friends are going or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then at that 
uh, adoration or at that talk or whatever it may be, you have this profound desire for conversion. Right. And that you weren't expecting. So then the next year leading up to the Steubenville conference, you've already had this conversion experience. So you go into it as a different person. And then from there, it can take you to the next step because now that you've had the conversion, you're not looking at it um, from I need to have a conversion perspective as much as now you could get some more of the practical stuff out of it. This is what I can do and add because um, now I'm ready for the next step. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually it, it has its limits and you get to the point where it's not going to lead you to the next step anymore. Um, and, and that's, that's why I think I think that's why they don't want people going who are already graduated from high school. Right. No, no, because there has to be. Our faith is always like, you know, te- it's, it's teaching us that, that God is always calling us further, further, deeper, deeper. Right. And um, I, I, there's, especially as a youth minister and as a priest moderator, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing teens every, year after year to yeah. experience like the, the Steubenville Conference. But what we need to be doing for ourselves and what we need to be imparting on our kids is that they do need to take continue to take that next step and grow and and seek other ways to encounter God or encounter him more deeply um you know uh, someone recently i think this is kind of related um i hope it's kind of related yeah, who uh, cares someone, if it's not we're 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 known for not always connecting things together <laughs> right i'm going to i'm going to connect something but um th- th- someone recently was talking about um uh books by um oh shoot now i just lost the guy's name it's the guy that has all the books that dynamic catholic matthew kelly matthew kelly right um it's awesome um if you if you get some if you read a matthew kelly book and you get something out of it um it's a it's a great uh thing uh you know it's not, it's not a bad thing for a catholic uh to read a matthew kelly book um but somebody who um has uh has read matthew kelly um and read him time and time again um but kind of keeps going back to him like there there needs to be a point where you branch off and you you read someone read another author like you read like a uh you know in you pick up saint thomas aquinas or you you know uh look into some other some of the other saints and read some of what they wrote um and and to get a deeper more fuller um message of 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 christ and his, his church does that make sense yeah I, th- I think yeah it's the same thing with the conference like you can't just keep going back and back and back to that studentville youth conference you have to um you know f- for us especially who have been there done that before and for some students who are maybe now in, in college and beyond who have been there done that before what i would say they have to take that that next step they have to to seek him out in other ways and then i would turn that into a question to you what are some of the next steps that you could take um beyond just like being that that first year kid that goes to Steubenville and wants to continue with their faith i think one of the most important things is is um figuring out how to pray in silence Mm. and pray by yourself and i think that if you're somebody who, all right, so let's say, I think everyone's going there at a different level. So if the level that you're going on there is that you were lukewarm coming in, then the, what I would say, leaving there, you have to pray every day. You have to go to Mass on Sundays um, and, and Holy Days, and you have to uh, go to confession regularly. 
I think that's that's like that first step coming back. Now, obviously, there are people that were on that that you and I know that were on that that are already doing those things. Right. So then I would say prayer regularly then has to become not just uh, praying to get like pray like all right I did my rosary I did my this and it's like becomes like a checklist where you have to start creating that silent moment with uh, God and maybe using the scriptures and doing Lexio Divina and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff um, and, and and I think really taking that to a point of discernment like God what are you asking me to do not like what am I supposed to be a priest or a sister or married not that not like that but like how do I become a better disciple what are in the, the things day to day right exactly what are the things that I need to add in my life what are the things I need to get rid of in my life and really let that prayer kind of um, start taking over I, I agree I think it's I think it's about making um, an encounter with God in every single moment of every day right um, pray and, without ceasing like St. Paul says absolutely like just your your day is a constant dialogue with God right and he's a part of like the biggest and smallest decisions um, he's there in the you know the when there's activity happening and when you're completely idle uh, right just and everyone in between yeah and and I think uh one of the other things is to really be uh, okay with not with being alone in the sense of that more than likely most of these kids are going to go to a college where nobody else has had this experience Mm -hmm. and they're not going to be able to relate to anybody else as a result of that so that's why i think one of the things that these conferences do that are pretty good is teaching people how to evangelize and how, and equip them with ways of how to talk about faith and stuff yeah. like that. Um, because it, it, it's funny because a lot of times they'll have an experience where there's like a big conversion and they want to, um, you know, change everything in their life. Right. Which I don't think is healthy. I think you need to, you change uh, like you shouldn't be the same as before but at the same time like you can't be like i'm gonna delete all the songs on my phone except for christian music and i'm only gonna right. watch ewtn now and like th- it's just not sustainable right and it's not practical either right but i think what you get out of that is like now maybe should i be listening to this song should i be watching the show should i be watching this movie and then start letting those questions kind of come through yeah, absolutely. To As just, opposed to, so, I'm going to get rid of everything because now I had this major conversion. Right. Yeah, which it is kind of It's like, like a diet. It's like if you if you give up everything all at once, you're not going to be able to keep that diet. Exactly, exactly. Pick one or two things that you can do better, um, and and it's infinitely easier than just getting rid of every, all everything at once. Right. I think... Um, and I think, like you said, to kind of bring it back full circle, um, you know, about like how this is kind of like it's it's really about a personal relationship with God. It's about being um, by yourself and being alone, being the only one. That's why I say to them, like, you guys, you need to you need to have those moments 
as great as this moment was with 2,000 people praying and worshiping and singing at the top of their lungs Jesus songs and having that Jesus high, you know, as, as my students love to say, as great as that is and as awesome that is, as it is so important that you have that experience of like being the only one in church without gray hair. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. of of being the only one at your college who is up at 7:30 in the morning because you're praying your morning prayer or because you're going to go walk around campus and pray the rosary or because you're going to you know because it's Sunday and you're going to go to uh to you know to to mass at your local parish or or at your your Newman Center um that's those experiences are that makes or breaks uh young Catholics I believe yeah and and then I, some of the great saints uh, talk about um, like persistency and consistency in prayer, right? Mm-hmm. That you know you have this big moment and then you come back out of it. That the consistency of continuing to pray every day, even when you don't necessarily feel like it, um, when no one else is there, but just turning that into a habit then has effects. It, it changes us in ways that we don't know. It's like. If you get a haircut, the next day your hair is not back to the way that it was before. It grows slowly. And then you start realizing, right. okay, it's been a few weeks. I could see it's getting longer. Or maybe your hair curls when it gets too long or whatever it may be. And that's how you know it's time for another haircut. So, like, it's a gradual process. And the same thing's true in our prayer. Um, that we have to be able to move and be comfortable with, with gradually growing and th- and then there could be every moment every once in a while there could be a big leap um but it can't be like well i didn't have that leap so i guess it's not working yeah absolutely you have to um you have to be v- very careful about um being open to how the spirit is working at every single moment and how how the spirit is is moving you um in the day to day in the in the routine and um kind of the more i think the more well, I think what we're talking about here is like the more you you pursue that the more you see how he is working in the in the little things of your life and, and yeah at least I, I found in my faith like you know there i just i just have been blessed to see god's wisdom in ways that i never would have been able to see had i had i stayed at that one point in that one place in time um, and not try to, to to grow and to to continue to pursue the, that consistency in prayer. And I think real intimacy with God is better than that one experience of intimacy. Oh yeah, I mean it's a relationship again. Like yeah, the, the, uh, you know the best the best relationships are not based on one awesome experience. Like you and you and I, for example, we could have had that incredible experience where we went away for whatever it was, ten days to to Poland last summer. And that would have been awesome. We would have had that for the rest of our lives to look back on. But what's cool is that we've had conversations, most of them recorded. But um, <laughs> over the over the past year, like we've had a lot of conversations, and we've we've hung out and we've talked, and um, you know that's a real relationship. That's a friendship. It's the same way with God. You can't your relationship with God can't just be all about these big, you know, life changing, cry inducing moments um, that that break it wide open, and then you know nothing happens until the next time you know a big moment like that happens again it's about the little things now correct this is something that correct me if i'm wrong about but i'm going to use you as an example 
Okay. I, 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 and if your wife listens to this, then make sure you answer these questions correctly. Oh, crap. Now you put, now you really put me on the spot because she does. <laughs> okay. Well, we could always delete it if you don't. Um, and she'll never know that this ever happened. <laughs> yeah. But like, I imagine that the first time, uh, that you realized that you were attracted to your wife, it was something that was like an intense feeling. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, then now, I mean, now that you're married, however long that is that you're married, that the love that you have for your wife is far deeper than that intense feeling you had maybe the first time that you saw her. Or, or, oh or, yeah, and and Absolutely. that's it's kind of like that that attract God becomes attractive for the first time for many of I think many of these students' lives or. God, who they think God is and who he they now become to realize who he really is um like it he becomes attractive in a new kind of way and yeah you have to build on the attraction not just settle for the the attraction is good but the love that comes from that is far greater than just the attraction absolutely i think one way to look at it is like you know you uh, you're attracted um um to somebody because of like maybe the way they make you feel for instance like they're funny you know right. so you're attracted to that that personality you like being around them because they make you laugh like it's a, it's, it's almost selfish you know yeah 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 um you're attracted to somebody because um they're they're beautiful they're 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 nice to look at you know they're they're uh you know i don't mean that in a creepy way but i mean like the first <laughs> yeah. thing you notice about the, the, the first <laughs> thing you notice about people is the way that they look right so, you know you're naturally going to be attracted to that and you want to be around beautiful people um but like that's why and, that's why you hang out with me you said it <laughs> <laughs> you are a beautiful person father sean on the but inside to, to, to go on like um but then, deep like, inside you, <laughs> way 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 inside but like you 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 really do you fall in love with the person though over time that's not something that can happen right away like that happens over that happens like you know in the good times and the bad as as the uh the formula for marriage says you know like it happens you know when um you know in, in just in just small moments where in that special someone is there for you and is you know the person that you you need to talk to when when you're down or where you just uh you know they get you on a, on a different level and that's the way it is with god like um your relationship with him is going to grow in in the smallest of moments and in the, in the day-to-day and the simplest of moments by inviting him into those 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 parts of your life i don't think i could say it any better than myself so no you nailed it congratulations <laughs> <laughs> see i'd like some people i know when uh when to wrap things up oh by the way i have a little aside <laughs> okay no i'm just kidding that was my Justin impression. <laughs> if I could go on a quick tangent for a minute here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Justin kind of like listens only halfway. And then when he hears that we're done talking, then he says the thing that he was waiting to say. Absolutely. And Not all the time. Sometimes. No. <laughs> but we love him for it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I might. Not just kidding. <laughs> well, well, we could talk to him about it. <laughs> we'll talk privately. 
Indeed. Well, Mr. Nolan, uh, it's a pleasure as always. Uh, God bless all the listeners that uh, put up with us. And uh, you have anything that you'd like to add? No. Amen to that. So how have you guys been liking the conference so far? Good, good, good! (laughs) You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. See you next time.